Good morning, once again. Uh, we're on this uh, Isaiah 9, um, really verse 6. I read the, the bulk of it uh, last week, but verse 6 is, is really what we're talking, to, talking about. For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and his government and its peace will have no end. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're talking about the names that Isaiah gives to Jesus, the names that way before Jesus comes around, Isaiah just throws and labels Jesus with. If, if you remember last week, we talked about the fact that names carry meaning and they carry weight. Like all of us, we have, we have a name and our name has a meaning. And, and for some of us, um, you know, our parents lovingly thought about our names and named us something. For others, it was just like, it's a family tradition. You have no choice in the matter. In my family, um, the first son of every generation is given the middle name Sherwood. And it goes back hundreds of years. My aunt traced it back to uh, our ancestors. She was really into that ancestry stuff. Where's Kay Osborne? Get a little shout out right there. There you are. She, you are too. Um, and, um, and she traced it all the way back to, um, to England. And so the first male of every generation is named Sherwood. Praise Jesus, I'm number two, right? <laughs> my middle name's Paul, you know? <laughs> but you ever see my son, Corbin Sherwood Crocker? Um, and every time they're together, my son and my brother and my father, they take a Sherwood picture. And do I feel left out? Not at all. Um, I'm still, still great. You know, so, so for some, it's like this family meaning and history behind it. For, for others, they're, they're, there's purpose. For, you know, for others, it's just like, I don't know, I taught school. Um, and there's some weird names out there, right? All the teachers know. Like, you're going through the, you're going through the list and you're calling and you get to somebody and you're like, uh-uh. Like, no, oh, sweet thing. Um, can we just, like, I, I, uh, I went to high school in Northern California, and we had a lot of um, uh, Filipinos and a lot of uh, Vietnamese folks there, and, um, and uh, one, one of the guy's names, he went by Jim. And Jim was one of the smartest kids in our class. Jim Nguyen um, was his name, and um, he was such a, he was, he, was de he was so smart, he was like one of those people that he's either going to end up solving cancer or destroying a lot of people. One of those things, you know, he's one of those types of personalities. Um, but his first name was, was P-H-U-C. That was his first, that was his given name. And it was, it was a name that was kind of a family name. And I'm glad the young boys over there were laughing about that because y'all phonetically spelled it out, didn't you? Right, and it was awesome anytime, but he went by Jim. And anytime we had a substitute teacher, um, they would, and they didn't know our class because on the rolls, it was Fuk Nguyen. Um, and when you would get to it, the, the teacher would just stop. And Jim would sit there in silence. You, we knew where he was, and you know, we knew where they were calling roll and everything, and Jim wouldn't say a word, wouldn't move, would just sit there and just play it out. It was awesome. It was so funny. So names have these things, these ways of, of defining us on one level and, and, and speaking into our lives on another level. Like my middle name, it comes from my grandfather, and I'm really proud of that because I loved my grandfather. And, and, and I love the attributes that, that I can see coming out of me that were, that were him, right? And so we have these things, and what Isaiah is doing with Jesus is he's putting these, these names onto Jesus. 
Because we talk about Emmanuel a lot of times, and Emmanuel, God with us, is a great name, but it was kind of a common name, really. Not common like it wasn't a big deal, but there were more Emmanuels out there. But wonderful counselor. You just don't name somebody that because it just doesn't roll off the tongue, right? Mighty God, that's a big assertion. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What Isaiah is doing is Isaiah is making this huge statement about who Jesus will be. And he begins, as we talked about last week, with Wonderful Counselor, but then he just jumps right into it, and he doesn't, he doesn't beat around the bush. He just, goes, he just goes after it. He's going to be El Gabor, God of power. So that's the Hebrew translation. It's El for God. And we say it, mighty God, because, you know, in like Spanish, sometimes we flip words in English and translations and stuff. And so God is the first word, El. And the second word, Gibor, means, means strength, means power. It means, it means hero, really. It's a, it's a good, if you're looking for a hero, don't worry, I've had, I need a hero. I've had all these Tina Turner songs and different things going through my head this week. But, it, but it's this word, hero, that is this huge statement that he's making. He's like this heroic God. He's this God of power, this God of might, this God who is so great and strong. In fact, John, if you remember John's gospel, John carries this out. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was through him that all things were made, and all things are held together. Nothing was made that didn't come through him even before he was born. He is so powerful that everything in creation came from him. He is that kind of superhero. I, 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 have, I have my sermon going this way and I have a joke coming this way. I, I don't know which, which, which road I should take here. The joke, totally right down there, yeah, it's my, my front row. Okay, so, so these scientists all got together and they figured out how to create life. And they called God and they're like, hey God, we don't need you anymore, we figured out how to create life. We got it now. God's like, oh, really? That's interesting. Let me hear. Hey, how do you do this? And they say, well, you first, you, first you take some dirt, and then we bring it in, and, and we bring it into this, this processor thing, and, and, and we, we, we do this widgets and these things, and these, you, you wouldn't really understand the math really hard, but, and then, and then we have life. And God's like, that's great. Get your own dirt. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I know. I haven't had a lot of coffee this morning. Maybe I should have. Um, through him all things were created and all things were made. He is this powerful, mighty, superhero type God. And it's interesting, in a world where we elevate people and we call people heroes that we shouldn't, we're all looking for those heroes in our world. And a lot of times, who do we call heroes? Athletes, right? We call, we call people like that, that are athletes that, oh man, that guy's a hero, or, or somebody that just said something or did something amazing. They're heroic. Well, what, what does that really mean? What does it mean for, for us to, to really belittle that term? You know, I, I say that, you know, I talked about Paul, my grandfather, a hero of mine. What does that mean? Someone who shapes me. Someone who, who poured into my life and taught me and led me to a place that I'm a bit of the man that I am today because of his hand. But he didn't save me. 
He didn't create me. It wasn't by his power that I have existence and it isn't through his power that I continue to do what I do and to find the strength that I have. What does it mean that Isaiah says he's mighty God? Through him all things were created and all things are held together. It is through Jesus Christ that we have power and strength. See, Jesus Christ works through each one of us. This mighty God works through us. He works in us and he works for us. He says it this way, for God is working in you, Paul says it in Philippians, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in us. God gives us this desire. God gives us this strength and this drive to do something. Now, many of us don't get that. Many of us ignore that burn inside of ourselves. In fact, right, right after this service, we have step two of our growth track. And step two is, it's in the church office. It's, it's all about your personality profile and your spiritual gifts and those passions that exist. It's, it's how did God uniquely wire you to engage in the work of the kingdom? Because every one of us was created with a purpose in mind. Every one of us was created with gifts and abilities and talents and passions and desires to use, as Paul says, for him. We were all given this power that, Man, I, I got to tell you, I don't know if y'all figured this out or not. I'm not very smart. Like, I, I'm just, I, I, like, numbers scare me. Um, I actually, when I speak, there's seven different conversations going on in my head because I have ADD so bad. Like, I've already, I, like, I hear a pencil drop, and I start thinking, oh, who just dropped a pencil? Thanks for paying attention. You taking notes or are you coloring, you know? Stuff like that, and I have, my, I have multiple conversations going on um, during the time. If, if you're looking down, I'm like, oh, I lost them. Maybe I should say something to try and get their attention back. <laughs> my, when Grace walked in the room right now, you know, I'm like, oh, there's Gracie. I hope she stays quiet. You know, all this stuff. Maggie, would you keep Clementine quiet? This is all going on <laughs> in my head while I'm trying to preach. And I have to tell you, this week, Usually my process for preparing sermons is I prepare months, in, months out. Like we, we, we cast this months ago. And so I do initial preparation then. And then I leave it alone and I don't touch it again until Monday. And Monday I sit down before Sunday, obviously. Monday I sit down and I go through the stuff that I had brought forward uh, months ago. And I look at those notes and I look at those readings and I pull off some different books from, um, from my shelf and I'll, and I'll go a little bit deeper and I spend about an hour, an hour and a half doing that on Mondays. And, and then I put it away on Tuesday. And then Wednesday I come back to it, but I'm still thinking about it and I'm always thinking about it and I'm always grinding on it and I'm always thinking, okay, where are we gonna go with this? God, what do you wanna do with this? What do you wanna do with superhero? What do you wanna do with mighty God, with all this different stuff? And, and I'm working on it, working on it. And I heard one pastor say that by Sunday morning, I have all the ingredients together and mixed up. I just got to stick it in the oven. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I just got to get here in the morning and I got to put it back together. And I get to my whiteboard a lot of times and I'll map out the process and the flow of the sermon. And then some Sundays, like today, I have kind of an outline thing that I'm trying to follow. I haven't followed it yet. <laughs> just, we're still at, still at point one. <laughs> Settle in. Because this was done months ago, but God moves differently. And so I get up here, and even before the service, I knew that there was a vacuum in my head. 
And I just, I had nothing because this week has been hard. There's been a lot going on this week. A funeral, two deaths, live nativity, someone who moved into our house for a while so we could love on him and care for him. All these different things. And so my Monday, I didn't look at this. And on Tuesday, I didn't look at this. And on Wednesday, I still didn't look at this. And on Thursday, we were trying to get ready for Friday. And on Friday, it was all about live nativity. And, you know, I just needed to watch a movie. (laughs) So I laid down on my couch and just watched, actually, I watched The Rifleman. Chuck Connors action. Like, it's awesome. I sat there and I binge watched a little Chuck Connors. And and then yesterday, I, I came up and I helped take some lights across town. We had to return some lights and did some of that. And, and I, had, I had great intentions of looking at Mighty God, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. You see, and, and there are many Sundays where that happens for me. You see, God has given me a purpose and a passion and a desire and abilities. And when I step into those, I think God moves. When I allow myself, hey, God, I don't care what people think of me as long as you are seen and you are heard. I don't care if my jokes really land. I kind of care, but not all the time. (laughs) I'm more concerned if people hear you. And so this morning, I was, man, I I say this prayer a lot. God, let it be your words, not my words. Let it be your words, not my words, because my words aren't very good, but yours are amazing. I need a hero I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> Promise. I, I, sometimes I just need that, that power of God to flow through me. Say, God, I give this to you because I'm not capable of doing it on my own. Tomorrow at Debbie's funeral, I'm not capable of speaking. And I'll hand the keys over. God, I can't do this without you. But you are mighty. And you can See, that's, that's what Jesus does, is Jesus moves into those places where we are weak and he gives us strength. Paul says it this way, like I've prayed three times for God to remove that thorn from my side, but he doesn't, because in my weakness, I find strength in him. It is through those weaknesses in my life that the strength of God can be most glorified. And so Paul says, I will boast in my weaknesses because in those moments, that is when Christ gets all the glory. It is in my failures where he shines through. It is in those moments of pain and hurt where I can experience him the most. And so I believe in a mighty God who moves in mighty and powerful ways. I believe in this superhero God that can swoop in in a moment's notice and bring cancer out of a body and bring a life back. but I also believe in a God who knows more than I do. I believe in a God who is powerful enough to heal every disease, and he's done it, but it's on his time, and it's in his way. So I believe that my dear friend Debbie was healed, and I believe that Pilo was healed. Not in the ways that we wanted, but to completeness and to fullness because God is a mighty God 
and no sickness or no disease or no depression or no darkness or no addiction or no relational issue has power over the power of Jesus Christ. There is nothing the world can throw at you that God can't handle. There is no moment in your life where God is not present. It's amazing the times that Jesus showed his power. I love it. You, you, you think of all the different ways that, that Jesus showed that he was mighty God, this, this God, superhero God. There are these moments, and for, for some reason, the, the, the woman who was bleeding um, from birth came to me, the story. You remember this story? There's this woman who's been, it says she's been bleeding from birth, and it doesn't say why. It doesn't say what's going on with her, but it's just, she's got this thing going on, right? And, and what that tells us about her is, is one, is she's an elderly woman, is, is one that she's been an outcast her entire life. Because as a Jew, that's, you're unclean at this point. And so no other Jew can associate with you or be around you because if they do, they become unclean as well because there's all these laws that were set out at the beginning. And, and so this woman has been ostracized, probably from her family, definitely from her friends if she ever had any certainly from the community. And Jesus is, if you remember the story, he's walking through this crowd of people, right? And she's there. And what that tells us is that woman had chutzpah, right? She, she believed in a mighty God. She believed in a God who could do amazing things, so she was willing to go into public to cover herself and to hide her appearance so that she wasn't immediately cast back out and shunned. She had to have hidden herself and crawled through the crowd. And she reaches out and she grabs the tzitzit, is what it says, like the little tassels on, on the robe of Jesus. She grabs them and she's immediately healed. Because God is a mighty God. And he reaches into those moments when we are outcast and ostracized and we are left alone. And he says, no, 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 no. That's who I'm coming for. That's what this superhero is about. It's going into those moments of weakness and those moments of hurt and pain and suffering and darkness and saying, I'm here too. Because God doesn't always heal, but God always shows up. So much so that Paul says at the end, he goes, look, everything that I've ever done all, all the stuff, it's not about me. It's to tell you that he was there the entire time. I need a superhero in my life a lot of times. Because like in the, in the great sense of the, of the genre that Corbin and I like to watch a lot of these movies now, I'm the damsel. And I need the superhero riding in a lot of times. There are a lot of times where I'm, I'm the damsel of my own choices and decisions and words and actions. And sometimes I'm a victim. But all the time I need him. All the time I need to feel his presence. This powerful, strong, creative, creating presence. I need to feel El Gibor, mighty God. This time of year, we talked about it last week. There's so many 
hurts and heartaches and so much of that is elevated at this time of year. So, so many of our problems seem so much bigger. He's here. The God of power and might. The God of strength, the great I am. The one who says there is no mountain too high for me to climb up, no wall that I won't kick down that will stop me from coming after you. Do you need to feel that? Do you need to feel the mighty, powerful work of God in your life? Are you hurting and desperate and crying out and crawling through a crowd of people that are ignoring you and stepping on you, just reaching out for the hem of his robe? Know that when you reach, so does he. That there is nothing that will separate you from the great, powerful, mighty love of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and praise you in the ways, for the ways that you move in our lives. We thank you so much, God, that you are a mighty God, one who is able to conquer anything. You give strength to the weary. You increase the power of the weak. Even though we grow tired or weary, we stumble, we fall, you renew our strength because we have hope in you. And so, Father, I pray that you would let us all know of that hope, the hope that comes with believing in the mighty God, the hope that comes with calling on the name of the mighty God. If any in this room need to hear your voice, speak to them, Lord. If any in this room need to feel your presence, move in their lives. Father, reveal the mighty God. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.